it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Welcome back, Cynthia Grophart. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you. Well, Cynthia, I received from your publisher two new books that you have written, Blueberry Love and Strawberry Love. And when I got them, Cynthia, also there's several issues here going on. I think most people are afraid to bake. But in this pandemic we've had, I've seen people baking. I know for me, I made sourdough loaves. Now, I did it because I was desperate to do something. Some of my sourdough bread was pretty good. It took a couple of loaves to make it really perfect. And I had great, I mean, I, I have to be honest, people like Jim Dodge said, oh, honey, you should do this. So when Jim Dodge gives you a tip, I got better at it, okay? But talk to me about, now, Cynthia, were you always a baker or did you have to learn yourself to be a baker? I was never a baker and I was terrified of baking. And actually, until very recently, I would never have called myself a baker. And I didn't spend time on it. I was afraid to learn it. And I thought, oh, there's probably too much science involved. And so I was, I mean, for the first several years of my children's lives, I made birthday cakes from a cake mix. Nothing wrong with that. So the other thing wrong with it. People have built careers on making cakes out of cake mixes. And what we haven't they? <laughs> Laughed all the way to the bank with that too. <laughs> so yes, I would um I, I was afraid of people are so people are afraid particularly of two things, biscuits and pie crusts. You nailed it. You nailed it. So I have written a book with Natalie Dupree all about biscuits. Whoever thought you could write an entire book just about biscuits, but we did. And I have mastered pie crusts and I love teaching people to make pie crusts. Now I have your biscuit, yours and Natalie's biscuit book. And I bought it because I wanted to make biscuits. And Cindy, now here's the thing. See, Cindy's grandmother, was a pie maker. So Cindy, like just nimble fingers, makes biscuits and pie crust like it's second nature to her. Now, Cynthia, I did not grow up making biscuits or pie crust and all my birthday cakes came from the bakery because my mother said things like, we're rich, I'm not baking a cake, okay? I need to be, I mean, seriously, the minute my father made some money and my mother got that Cadillac and Big Diamond, we only knew the bakery. I knew nothing of baking. But I love, as I got married first time, and I was a very young bride, and my husband was a dental student forever, I started baking then. That's what made me interested in food because it was, it was cheap and I could do it. Do you know what I mean? It was cheap. Then when I, when Julia's, someone gave me Mastering the Art of French Cooking, then I thought, okay, I get it. So then I really fell in love with food. So I was about 20 or 21. I had never cooked or baked before that. Cynthia, again, because my mother said, we're rich and we're either going out or I'll have Rosa make it, okay? I mean, that was just the reality. I, I'm always embarrassed when I'm with chefs that say things like, oh, I, I was cooking when I was nine years old and I was at my grandma's knee and stuff. Huh? 
you know, oh my God, I have no idea what you're talking about. Now, I think people are terrified of baking. And I think you just nailed it with pie crust has got to be the number one fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think what people don't understand about baking is I think they're the, under the impression that they can follow a recipe and make a great pie crust the first time out or make a perfect batch of biscuits. And for something like biscuits and pie crust, it requires experience to understand what the dough should feel like. And I think that's where people go wrong. They, they make one batch and think, oh, well, I can't, I don't know how. I, mine don't turn out, so they give up. Yeah. Well, you think about all the other things that we learn in life, things that we actually pay to learn, you know, we take lessons for. I mean, baking is a similar thing. You should, it requires practice. And, and the more you practice, the better you get. And you too can be known for your fabulous light flaky biscuits or your amazing pie crust, but you need to make, more, make it more than one time. Well said. It takes, I know this, so the, and it's because we've cooked so long. When Cindy and I would have an intern in my little test kitchen. So she, we put her, she's following the recipe that someone has sent us. Now, unfortunately, not everyone's recipes always work. As we know, some of them get tested a lot. Some of them don't. Sometimes there's misprints in cookbooks. I mean, there's just a whole lot of stuff that goes on with recipes. Um, I never think bad recipes are intentional, but I think that they're just, they show inexperience. Exactly what you're talking about. But we'd have an intern making something. Cindy and my, our, our desk faced the outside. So we had a nice view of my yard and stuff. So the, they were cooking behind us on a counter and we could hear them with a whisk in a bowl and I think something's wrong with that batter. Do you, you could hear yeah. that it was too loose or too <laughs> thick. And sometimes the interns would say to Cindy and I, or we could smell it <laughs> or we'd say that's too cooked. And, and then if they're following the timer and they've got the convection oven on and I'd say, I can smell it, it's done. And they would just, I know they heralded us as goddesses and rightly so. And I was probably paying them 12 damn dollars an hour and they didn't even know what they were doing. So, okay, never mind. Don't be bitter now, Denise. But experience and cooking over and over again or baking over, baking more than once gives you what you need to know. You said it so simply. You know, I think we have, we fall into some traps as, as recipe writers. And I take my job very, very, very seriously. My recipes are tested. I, I want people, I want people to be able to open my cookbook and make something. And I want them to read the words on the page that make them feel like I'm right there with them and that everything's going to be okay. And that everything is on that page that they need to know in order to be successful. And in order to do that, you have to use language that helps them get there. So instead of saying, cook something for 20 minutes until browned, or you need to say, cook until lightly browned about 20 minutes. Yes. You will end up with the literalist who takes it out at 20 minutes, no matter whether it's blackened or blonde and hasn't browned at all. So I think that we as, as recipe writers 
owe it to the people paying for our work to give them every opportunity for success. Well, and that's why I said, yeah, I cooked out, you know this, when your Sunday suppers book came out, I cooked several things from that. And I did because one, I just wanted to, do you know what I mean? And they were delicious recipes. And I'm sure I told you at the time, I did feel like you were right there with me. And I so appreciated it because, because I just, uh, so I don't feel like everybody thinks that anymore, has the same obligation to their recipes. I always felt that we have an obligation when we give people a recipe because I think of the mother who's on a budget that has two screaming babies, whose highlight of her day may have been, not meaning it was, oh, I have to fix dinner. She was making something out of one of our books or something out of a newsletter because she really, she needs something fun to do. She needs something besides dirty diapers in this. But if you've got hungry babies and you're on a budget and you only have so much time and a recipe doesn't work, that's a terrible thing to do to another human being. It is. I, I think it's what's happened with um, food television, and it, and you know, people. I as a cooking teacher, I get people in my classes that have watched these food entertainment programs, and they'll go out and spend a lot of money on esoteric ingredients and come home and try to re re recreate that recipe. They end up throwing it in the garbage, and they think they can't cook. And, and they think they did something wrong. You're right. They blame themselves. I've had people say to me, oh, it didn't work. I'll say, are you sure? You know, I mean, kind of like a foolproof thing. And then I think it wasn't them. It was the recipe or the liquid measure. And this is what you're talking with baking. And I love that you just talk about experience. When I started to bake sourdough, now two or three women that have been cooking for as long as I have sent me starters. They sent me the instructions. I made the starters, I learned, but you are, I stuck with one recipe and it's out, I'm so sorry, I should know the woman's name. She's not famous, but she's written one or two of the best bread books. A friend gave me the recipe and you know what, Cynthia? Every time I made it, I made a note and pencil on, I mean, I had to make a couple of copies because it was filthy too, so I made a copy of the recipe. But every time I made it, I would in, on the side of the page in pencil say longer, two minutes more was better. Or, you know, again, when I was then, when I took it off the KitchenAid and I was hand kneading it, I learned all sorts of tricks that I hadn't done for 30 years since I was in school and made my last loaf of bread. So, but you know what? It, it was so much fun. And as the loaves got better, and looked better, and then I could actually cut them open to show people my crumb. <laughs> you would have thought I was Meryl Streep. That's all I can tell you. You would have thought I was Meryl Streep being nominated again for an Oscar. Now, how did these charming books, Blueberry Love and Strawberry Love, and we'll have pictures of them on the website. How did this idea happen? So I have been going to Maine every summer for the last 25 years. Yeah. And one particular summer, I stopped to stay over uh, at my agent's house. And she said, I want us to go to lunch with this woman. I think you would really like her. And, you know, who knows, something may come of it, but something may not. But I, I, I want you 
to come and have, I, I want you two to meet. So I went to lunch with my agent and uh, an editor from Story Publishing, and we had a fabulous time. And she was a big fan of Maine, and we were talking about blueberries. And she said, you know, I think we might do a blueberry book. I think that would be really good for our, our line. And I said, well, I'm, I'm your gal. Well, we left that lunch. One thing led to another, got the contract. Well, they, they're terribly so slow for a contract. They're fabulous. They treat their authors just incredibly well. I'm delighted to uh, be associated with them, but they're really slow to get your contract together. So slow, in fact, that I had to go ahead and start writing the book if I wanted to meet what I knew their deadline was going to be. So I took a leap of faith. You did. Did that. The contract, they're get ready to send me the contract. And they call and said, um, do, would you mind doing a strawberry book also? I said, sure, no problem. Do at the same time. I said, what? So I agreed, and thus these books were born, and I was still testing when the pandemic started. Oh, God. So getting flour, getting oh, fresh no, was the flour shortage. Yeah. People like me were all making sourdough. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So it, it was an interesting time to be, to be working. I was grateful that I had a project that's so consuming, like a book. I was very grateful for that because I wasn't hanging on every news report. Uh, and I loved being in the, in the kitchen, but sourcing ingredients was a little bit challenging. COVID, it's just, it's changed our world. I think it's, it's going to change our world forever. Do you know what I mean? I don't think this was, I think looking at it now, it's just forever. <laughs> and um, if it's not this, it will be something else. That's what I tell myself. So just get used to it. One of the things I think, though, that when I have seen in friends and conferences or a couple of things I've attended, people are cooking more because of the pandemic. And you know what? I love when I see young people, and they're in the food industry, but they say things like, I've saved so much money because I can't go out for dinner. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. And you know, learning to bake, to me, of course, I think this in all of food, Cynthia, but learning to bake for me, um, not only did it keep me out of jail, but it really gave me, a, it's given me a lot of pleasure. Food has given me a lot of pleasure, a career and baking. And during the pandemic, I baked things that I hadn't baked in years, found the recipe that I might've had. Then I'd look on, you know, line and see if there was a better recipe. Then I sometimes merged the recipes because my recipes were old, but, I know this, I baked and I shared it with my neighbors because we're all mature. Nobody's got kids anymore. Most, you know, and it was like one of the nicest things that came out of it was that our neighbors on either side, but they said to us, oh, we love it. Cause I always just text them and I'll say, I left a half a loaf of this on your front door or, you know, it's still warm. And it was one of the highlights. I mean, I'd forgotten how much people love to get like a, a piece of homemade banana nut bread. I think there is a unique satisfaction that comes from baking that you don't get any place else. I agree. And the sense of pride that you have in your creation 
when you're done is like none other. It is this beautiful thing that you've made because most, you know, a lot of baking is dessert and sweet things, even though there's plenty of savory, but those are associated with pleasure. And you make something beautiful to serve someone else. And it is the most wonderful feeling. It, I agree. I did during the pandemic. This was a classic. Cynthia. I've been married to husband number two for 28 years. Okay. Um, and his mother would arrive when she was still alive. I loved her. My mother-in-law, Jenny. She would arrive from in her St. John size four suit, <laughs> getting out of the first class airplane. And they would take a town car to our house. That was the first thing they did when they came to LA. Then they'd go back to the hotel, but she had to see her firstborn son, my husband. And on her lap would be a box that she had made. She'd actually made the cupcakes herself. And she was not, trust me, Gigi had help. A lot of help, okay? A lot of help in the home. But she made these and I found the recipe in the, one of the original Joya cookies and it was an angel food cake cupcake with a boiled chocolate fudge frosting, okay? Now, when Cindy and I would have a new assistant that was a smart or an intern, I'd make her, I'd give her the recipe, I'd say, make these cupcakes for my husband. And they would make them, some were okay, some were great, but Kenny was so happy. So the pandemic hits and we're into his birthday and we're not, I'm not giving him the birthday party I usually give. We can't go to Joffrey's to a fancy restaurant and have dinner. Oh, he says in the very Ken Meyer sniffling voice, well, you could make my mother's cupcakes for my birthday and I said okay Cynthia and I, I decide I'm going to do it now the recipe she I could tell Gigi had stolen this from different places okay so I rewrote the recipe because she had me making this first and that da, da, da. to make the long story short my husband who was the consultant on the project I find a candy thermometer I'm kind of cursing him under my breath and her the whole time thinking this is like way too messy and it took like 15 pans you know what I mean I mean I'm oh egg whites and ah. make long story short the cupcake was delicious and he said to me these are perfect just like my mother I ruined the first batch of frosting I mean ruined <laughs> it was long past the softball stage it was more in the uh, hard tax stage, as I would call it. And though I wasn't going to make it more that day. So I took the really horrible frosting and shoved it in a little container. I said, if you want any frosting, you can smear this yourself on one of the cupcakes. But I did it the second time. I did it about a week later. So I wouldn't have forgotten my mistakes. And you know what? They came out and they were delicious. And I've never seen anyone, seriously, 28 years of marriage. I think it was, he sent the picture to his brother. He oh. sent pictures to his best friend. He said, my wife made my mom's cupcakes. And I thought to myself, gosh, I guess I won't wait another 28 years before I do that again. If you knew that's all it took, right? No. <laughs> no. Start with blueberry love for a minute. What do you, do you have a favorite recipe? Do you get, tell people, I love these biscotti. You have a biscotti recipe that looks divine in here. What's Those, one of your favorite recipes? 
Well, I have to say that my ginger lime uh, blueberry pie did win a blue ribbon. And it is fantastic. And I love this recipe for lots of reasons. I think that blueberry and ginger are a great match. I think there's really, and there's probably something scientific and chemical about it, but I think (laughs) (laughs) it tastes great. Uh, And then with a little bit of lime juice. And my pie crust is an all butter pie crust, which I think is a really, and it's a high ratio of fat to flour. And that's gonna give you a very high chance of success for a pie crust. And so I feel like it's a very accessible recipe. And who gave you the blue winner? winner? Who gave you the blue ribbon? This was at the Blue Hill Fair in Blue Hill, Maine. And it is the fair that E.B. White writes about in Charlotte's Web. Oh, my God. E.B. White lived in that little town uh, next to Blue Hill called Brooklyn, which is where we spend our summers. And so I have always wanted to enter a pie into that fair. And I did. And, and I came home with the blue ribbon. Oh, my, Cynthia, that is inspiring. <laughs> it is. It's truly inspiring. Well, the book is just absolutely gorgeous. And the strawberry book. Now tell us about, so you're, I love that you're writing two cookbooks at the same time during the pandemic and you know, and a, a flower shortage. So, <laughs> so don't tell us it can't be done. That's what you're now. I'm looking at your strawberry, your pink strawberry pie with lattice crust. Yes. Yes. So that's another great, that's also an all butter pie crust. So a real high chance of success with that pie crust, but I also, I put, I take freeze dried strawberries and blitz them in a little mini food processor. So they kind of turn to dust and I mix that in with the pie crust and it's fantastic. And you know how we can get strawberries that are less than wonderful from the grocery store. And if you want to save a batch of strawberries from really tasting horrible, stir in some freeze-dried strawberries and that bumps up the strawberry flavor like crazy. You know what? I I love that. I love the trick about the in the crust. My husband's other favorite and one of mine, I mean I really like blackberry pie and you know it's hard to get good blackberries. We have beautiful raspberries near me, strawberries everywhere in California and all over where I live in Ventura. But peaches I got so tired of my peach pie not being good enough, Cynthia, that I take all the liquid after I've mixed sugar and stuff in my peaches, I pour the juice off and I turn it into a reduced syrup. And then I put that back in my pie because otherwise I don't get enough flavor and I get a lot of juice, but I don't get enough flavor. Right, right. I think. I believe I thought that that was an original idea that the day I did it, I said to Cindy, I'm so smart. You know what I did? And then when I posted that, I think it was Natalie that said, oh, everybody does that. And I went, oh, (laughs) I just hate it when the queen corrects me, but she's probably, but I just remember all that beautiful juice and the same thing with any fruit pie. That's where the flavor is. You just don't want to lose it. 
you don't want to lose it. You re and and we have to have these ways that we can we can help our sad fruit taste better. You know, because we can't always get food uh, fruit from a local source. Absolutely. And you got to work with what you've got. I had a pe a peach years ago in the south of France. I'm not. I'm probably 25 years ago. I don't think I've ever had a peach that tasted that good since Cynthia. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I try and I buy them. And sometimes my husband says to me, "Those peaches aren't really very good." But they're not. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not very good. And I always say the same thing to him. I go, "Eat them. They're fiber." <laughs> <laughs> it's not the memory we're going for today. You're going for the fiber. Well, Miss Cynthia, I'm going to tell you this. So if people are afraid of baking, I just looked at your crust recipe. I totally get it. They should be looking for your two books, Strawberry Love, Blueberry Love. And these are by Story Publishing. And they're for sale, I'm sure, everywhere. They are everywhere. Thank goodness. Good. Good news. And um, again, Cynthia, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. Right now, we can still in California people, I know that at least here, see, we bake with strawberries and blueberries all the way through November and December in California. I know, and I'm not talking about fruit that's from Chile. I'm talking about local fruit. So these books really never go out of style. They're classics. I thank you so much. And did I ask you what I was supposed to today? You did. I do want to add though, that the books have more than just baking. So oh, okay. if you really are afraid of baking and you're not ready to step in, to a pie crust, never fear because there are cocktails and savory dishes and other desserts that don't require uh, flour or baking. So it really, they are really, they're sweet, charming, beautiful. The photography I am thrilled with. And the, and the, and the styling also just, um, it's just, it's beautiful. It's, it's current. It's classic. It, it makes you want to eat it. Yes, you are right. 46 sweet and savory recipes for pies, jams, smoothies, sauces, and more. Perfect. Well, thank you, Cynthia. And as always, thank everyone who listens. We thank our audience. We thank people that are kind enough to send us messages. If there's ever bad news, it all goes to Cindy. And, and yet when there's good news, I seem to think it's all about me. So anyway, I thank everyone. And Cynthia, I thank you. And I thank you, Miss Cindy. Reach out to us with questions. We will have all Cynthia's information on our website and on our Facebook page where people seem to go to the most. If they have questions, they can reach us at womenbeyondicloud.com. Thank you, Miss Cynthia. Thank you so much. I look forward. I hope I get to see you someday live someday. I do too. Thank you. This was great fun. Thanks, honey. Thanks so much. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Goodbye.